This feels right. This is the way it's supposed to be. Studio empty. Music was just on. I got a story to tell. I don't know what you're doing, but you've made one right decision today. You've turned on Chris Theory. You're ready to get engaged. You're ready. Speaking of that, Albie, huh? How about it? Look at that little segue by me. Listen to Dear Albie if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, very exciting week for the Manzo family. I'm assuming he's going to do it on Dear Albie this week also. Um, to be honest with you, I'm going. I shouldn't even do it. I'm, I'm on my way to, to go do a big family thing. And, um, you know, check the socials and check uh, Dear Albie and, and stuff like that to see what I'm talking about. Uh, but fun week for the fam. Um, but that's not what I'm here to talk to you about today. It's not. I'm here to talk to you about legacy and things. I have a cool story for you that some people I think might know. It's one of those things that I've noticed. Um, I've, cause I, I always bounce some ideas off of people. I noticed that if you know this, it's kind of like, oh, everyone knew that. If you didn't know this, you're like blown away. So um, I, I, I kind of found a cool angle for it. I have John Palumbo joining me in the second part of the show. Um, he had an awesome response from the idea stealing episode. Uh, with Monopoly and all of that. And um, I could talk to him about just about anything. And, and this kind of seems like really up his alley. So um, I'm going to get right to it because I want to try to keep this one short. And I do have some other thoughts on it besides just the story uh, that pertain to, to my own personal life and, and the way people might know me and, and things like that. And uh, whatever, let's just get to it. So Alfred Nobel, if you're not familiar, uh, the Nobel Peace Prize is named after Alfred Nobel. So um, when he died, it, like towards the end of the 1800s, um, he left something to the tune of like $31 million into a trust or an endowment fund. And uh, I think it, it came off similar to like $265 million, um, of what today's money would be. And uh, the idea was to, to create a trust that honored men and women uh, for outstanding achievements in chemistry, physics, uh, physiology medicine literature and uh the the idea was it was no matter what it was it had to work towards peace and it had to work towards uh, the benefiting of mankind and um in those fields and that's cool right you know you want to reward that kind of stuff i would argue more so even than best animated short we should be awarding things like um to people like nelson mandela and martin luther king and albert einstein um einstein's an interesting one for this particular conversation but um so he, he created it because he, he wanted to leave that as his legacy. And that's kind of hard to argue with, right? That's cool if you have the money and you, you are a physicist or uh, whatever the hell he did. This really isn't about him so much specifically, so much as the, the prize itself, um, that uh, it's a good legacy to leave to this day. And we we're talking about somebody over 100 years later, well over 100 years later, that um, we still know at least his name and, and we associate his his name with, with peace, you know, so it worked. Right. So what are the, what, there's not a lot you can knock on a guy like that. Uh, now rewind a little bit. 1888, you have Nobel. Uh, he had a brother named Ludwig. The name's not that important, but I just don't get the chance to say Ludwig all the time. So you have to give me that. Uh, but he died in France of a heart attack. And because of poor reporting, a French newspaper thought it was Alfred. Um, so here's the thing you have to know about Alfred. Alfred also created dynamite. So like dynamite, like kaboom. Um, obviously it did a lot for construction and when it comes to railroads and things like that, but it also, um, was weaponized, right? And it's, it's hurt a lot of people, killed a lot of people, 
whether it be on purpose or by accident. I also would argue nobody has contributed as much to the Looney Tunes as Alfred Nobel. I don't think anyone gives him the credit as far as like, what is Wiley Coyote without Alfred Nobel? What's he doing? You know, how is he getting, not that he's really doing any, he's not really helping himself with the Roadrunner. He's very rarely catching him or has him in even a compromising position for that matter. But um, without Nobel, I mean, the guy just, he, he's, he's pretty much got nothing. I, I wouldn't even know if he would bother. So big shout out to Alfred Nobel's contributions to the Looney Tunes, um, specifically to Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner. Uh, I, I would argue it's probably one of their biggest props outside of a sign that says like, whoops. Um, so that's really, <laughs> that's all I'll do on that. I promise. I just was excited to say all that. So anyway, um, so that's the thing, right? So he dies, Ludwig dies and, and, um, Alfred reads a newspaper. And now again, no one knows the Nobel peace prize yet. They know him as a chemist, a uh, physicist, I'm a podcast host slash restaurant guy. Okay. So I don't. Forgive me if I'm not getting all the things right there of what he did because he, he had like 700 patents. I'm not going to go into what they all represent. So um, he was known primarily for what he did with, with dynamite. So when his brother died, the, the newspaper came out and it um, basically was a scathing obituary calling him merchant of death who grew rich by developing new ways to mute, uh, mutilate and kill people. Um, and later they corrected the error. But at that point, the damage was done to Alfred where – he didn't really appreciate his legacy. He thinks that, you know, of all the things that he's accomplished in his life, um, he, he didn't like that, that merchant of death and obliterator of humans was what he got remembered as, which I get, but you did, like, you did that, you know? So um, he spends the rest of his life kind of donating the charitable endeavors, and I guess he didn't like... Um, the idea that he that that's how he might be remembered and um not everyone really has the ability to do what he did but but start working towards fixing your reputation fixing your legacy and uh even to the point that when you're dead you still worry about it because you leave an endowment fund that size and all of the good that um that found i'm assuming you know the, the foundation or whatever the proper word would be for what the nobel peace prize is at this point all the good they've awarded represented. And I, and you know, people strive to win that award the way you would an Oscar or a Grammy. I'd imagine if you're in the right fields. Um, and the way, you know, you celebrate peace is, is really something right. And it, it's, it, it definitely works for him as somebody trying to fix his reputation. No one talks about the guy who created dynamite, you know, um, they, but and no one talks about him specifically this either, but you hear Nobel and you think peace. And um, so that worked out. So that's kind of it. It doesn't get too crazy on the story end for him. Um, but it did make me think about a lot of different things like um, just legacy and an idea. And, and it kind of brings me to like myself, you know, like I, and I've said this more than once. I'm sorry for getting tired of hearing it, but like I was the strip club, car wash guy, uh, ham game, all things that I'm not like embarrassed about denouncing. I was a you know, you, a lot of people watched me grow up on television from 18 years old on and, um, you know, I've always thought it was really strange that that's how I'm remembered. I've, I'm not that I, listen, I have not created anything that betters mankind. I'm not saying that I should be remembered for something like great. It's just funny that, um, after all these years, I don't know many people that remember for what they did or said at 18 years old, 
you know, so to this day, I still hear strip club car wash and ham game. And I, I appreciate it every single time. So I'm not saying it, it's a bad thing. It just always made me laugh that, you know, very few people know me um, compared to what they think they know about me. And that's um, they know a side of me that definitely exists, though. So I'm not saying, oh, you don't know me. You know a side of me that when I'm at my absolute most comfortable with my family and, and making jokes and kind of saying wild shit when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, forget about it. You know, me, I, I started to grow up, I think, in like September of this year. So um, and it makes you kind of say like, wow, you know, and no one no one's writing some kind of ridiculous profile on me one day of, you know, strip club car wash guy. I'm not saying that I'm doing a Nobel thing. But I, I, I understand the idea of like, oh, I've kind of done a lot of shit. And I, it's weird that that's the thing that you remember. It makes sense for me because that's your introduction to me and my family or whatever. But my mom, same thing. It's let me tell you something about my family and, you know, the tough. She doesn't take any shit. She's a matriarch. Um, but that's not really my mom's contribution to day to day. Like my mom is the lady that calls me and says, which one's the tall basketball player? Um, there's a tall basketball player and, and I love him and his wife. Who is it? Like that's, and that's not <laughs> like who you expect, you know, and my dad, you know, let's go over him. He's worked his whole life, um, to, to get us into a position where, uh, we're fortunate enough that a TV show might want to approach us and document our life. But everything leading up to that moment was we were the family that was involved with the Brownstone locally or that our dad owns the Brownstone. Um, and, you know, whatever community efforts he's done with that and charitable stuff. And, and that was our identity as a family was that. And overnight it turned into Caroline's family, right? And, and the Brownstone was Caroline Mantle's husband's place. And, that, and um, credit to my dad, credit to everybody really that no one ever gave a shit. What people said, it was always just happy that somebody was getting flowers at some point because, um, you know, we all love and support each other. So it's not really like something that um, uh, I'm not I'm not really going at the direction of like, oh, we had to deal with these things. No one cares about shit like that. But it's more just to speak to the idea that your legacy is really not up to you um, unless it, it is in the case of a guy like Nobel or if you're in a position to to change. But um, and not to bring it back to succession. Uh, and I'm going to try to do this without a spoiler. But Connor Roy is talking about um, the recent events with their family, and he says history is written in the next 48 hours. And it's a joke. It's, it's a kind of funny part because he, he keeps trying to um, discuss his uh, spoiler alert here. I'll give it two seconds. Okay, here I go. Uh, he's discussing that his father just passed, and this is a man that they he, for better or worse, um, in in you know Roy universe, uh, changed the world with with his news and his everything else. And it, his son really believes that in the next 48 hours, the way he's written about will dictate how he's remembered. And it's just it's silly and it's funny because it's a TV show. But it is true um, that that you you kind of remember the last thing someone says. Right. Like I always say from a from like at work, if, if I'm talking about restaurant stuff or something, um, when I was a valet and when I was a bartender. Um, so a valet is typically the first and last person that you see uh, when you go into a party or a restaurant or, or whatever. And um, a bartender is, can also be one of the first or last people that you see. And um, w- the big emphasis there is that, you know, the, the first and last impression are so important. Um, so there's really no reason to think that doesn't apply to life, right? Like if you have a, a great dinner and the waiter just takes like an hour to bring the check back, it doesn't really matter how dinner went. You're like, I just want to go home. And the last thing I remember is this waiter taking forever. 
and you're not going to remember like a whole lot of other stuff. Um, unfortunately, right. Cause you just first and last impressions or the opposite, right. If you had a great dinner and you had to wait an hour and a half to sit, you're like, all right, I had a reservation and I'm sitting here waiting all this time. It kind of, it's ruining my fun a little bit. Um, the same can definitely be applied to your life, right? Where the first thing people know you as when you go into a new job, if the first thing you do is throw up and, um, I don't know, <laughs> you throw up and you, on the boss's feet, you're a throw up on boss's feet guy or girl for a long time. Um, and when you leave, if you leave because you quit, you have a really quiet career. Um, and then you quit one day in like crazy loud, extremely verbally violent fashion. You're that, you're that person you left in a tizzy. Like, Oh, they were always quiet. Well, that person was crazy because they were quiet and then they were just gone. So the last impression really matters. And, um, that's kind of what I'm going to go over with Palumbo in a little bit. Cause again, I'm talking about myself. Think about how I think it's been like 15 years, which is crazy. I've never felt so old as I just said that since I said the stripper car wash thing. Um, right. For yeah, 15 years. And like, think about the amount of things that have happened in my life since then, that that's the thing that people remember me for. But then you could, you know, I've done some stuff with in other parts of the state, you know, or, or not on TV that, Oh, you're the guy from the pizza place. You're the guy from the hotel. Um, it's just kind of what you're remembered as. And it doesn't really matter what you do in light of that. So, um, again, I'm not complaining. I, I think not to sound cocky or anything, but I like that. I'm, it's cool to be able to even be known for something by strangers at all, because, um, I think a lot of people will never get to know what that feels like. And even though it has a lot of weird, not so great moments, um, pretty much everywhere I go, someone's like, Hey, what's up, Chris? <laughs> and they're like, how's it going, man? Good. Yeah. Tell the family hello, whether they know me or not. And, and I have an extremely pleasant conversation, pretty much most public places that I go if I'm there for long enough, especially if I'm alone, uh, people feel really comfortable when you're alone kind of coming up to you. So, um, I'm not complaining again. I, I hope it doesn't come off that way, but I do want to talk with Palumbo a little bit in a minute about legacy, um, kind of what other people have done and showing that what you do and your actions don't exactly match what you're known for. And that kind of goes good and bad. And I do want to talk about and kind of leave you with the idea of if you were to read your own obituary, like what would it say? And would you start changing stuff around? Like, are you known for something right now that you're saying, okay, I don't want that to be my legacy. That's not what I'm known for. Um, I'm not trying to do like an advice thing right now, but it, it really messed with me because I'm like, damn, who's gotten the chance to read their own obituary? You know, that's like a real cheat code to getting your shit together. Um, knowing that you can like, oh, wow, I'm remembered that way. I could either keep this up or uh, I read, uh, I think it was, I don't know if I read something or listened to something, but it was, it was uh, a Jay Shetty thing. I like Jay Shetty. I don't care what you say about that. Um, that basically try to picture your death and um, how you'd like to be remembered and what is the bridge between where you are right now and you being remembered that way and kind of that's a good way to start living your life and I love that um, and this guy had the chance to to actually see what what it's nice to know how you'd like to be remembered but knowing what people think I'm sure it's the last thing he thought of they probably would have said wow he, he did a lot of stuff mutilating people isn't something that he probably set out to do, but it was what he was known for to the point that he, he felt the need to change it. Um, I should probably mention this has never been confirmed by Nobel, but um, the, it, the story is true that there was a, that there was a false 
uh, obituary and stuff like that. And I, I understand that he read it and he was offended. There's no proof that links it that that's the reason he started the Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, but, you know, it definitely is, right? So, uh, anyway, stay with me. I'm going to talk to Palumbo in a minute. Um, that's it. Bye. Quick P.S. Um, I threw the headphones back on just to tell you this. Uh, John and I usually go a little bit longer. I don't know if this episode is going to be ready same day as this recording. Um, we're going to try, but sometimes it takes a lot of editing because we curse a lot. So um, just stay tuned and be patient with us, please, if uh, both episodes don't release at the same time. Thank you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.